Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Podcast episode number 266. And I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, Dem Tarek. I am host number three, Dr. Corey Petty. Got a guest host today. We do. Oh, I was going to be like, and I'm host number four, broke. <laughs> yeah, you are. Good job. There you go. Yes. Host number four, Jesse, <laughs> the man broke in this bitch. Hold on, I want to get. So you the same introduction. <laughs> the man, you gotta the get man. the phone with a soundboard. Wait, here we go. Here, wait, <laughs> we're gonna do. Here we go. This guy, you may know him in the Slack as Broke. I know him as Jesse. The man broke. He needs no introduction, even though he's kind of getting one. Man with the master plan, the best Googler this side of the Mississippi. Here he is. Post <laughs> number four, Jesse. I love how you get so into it. It's I mean, like how else are part. you supposed to do it? I mean, you can't do it any other way, but it's it's great. All right. All the intros you give everybody, they're great. I need to do I, that for you. I, I, I don't do that for our guests, though. I'm just like, here's this fucking guy. He needs a fucking <laughs> No, we oh. always like cut to the guy and be like, hey, uh, introduce yourself. Because yeah. uh, we didn't do enough preemptive work to figure out who you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. Um, so, the behind the scenes. Uh, some is somebody watching WWE in the background. I hear something <laughs> going on. Um, so Bitcoin. There's a lot going on in crypto. Almost too much. I think I just said in our channel like earlier this week, Corey. Hell, I was like, man, there's too much shit to keep track of. Like I could, there's there's no possible way to keep track of everything going on in crypto anymore. So you were talking about that before the interview with uh, our guest today. That's very true. That's very true. Um, we're gonna get into that. Uh, we got a guest. We interview uh, Bitcoin Zay, but I guess yeah. the thing that's good. Go ahead, Joe. Hello. Okay. Um. I guess the thing that's consuming everyone is Libra. I really don't want to talk about Libra, though. I don't know about you guys. What's new with Libra? That hearing. You know. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing is like as adoption gets bigger, there's going to be more more headlines, more Congress hearings, more Trump tweets. It's we're really going to have to start cherry picking what we talk about. Yeah. Like, do we want to spend, like, we could literally, like, eventually, like, I think what Chella's getting to is we could spend, like, the, the entire show could be just talking about Congress hearings and companies doing poor implementations of cryptocurrencies. 
That's what yeah. we do on Just Hatters. Yeah, that's what we do on Just Hatters. So what do, what do we talk about? What, what do we want to talk about? I remember, I remember like, let's get more chicken farmers, right? Like we had a dude who raised chickens and sold them for Bitcoin on the show. That was what, Australia? Yeah, yeah. that was an Australian big, uh, chicken farmer, that guy. His LinkedIn hasn't changed since that, so I guess you- <laughs> you've been checking it. You just check it regularly, like you got a monthly to-do lists. Like, oh, check yeah. chicken farmers yeah, LinkedIn. Go in here and check out how this Australian chicken farmer is doing. See if he's doing. held yeah. since the episode that we recorded with him, each chicken egg is probably worth like two grand. If he held, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. That was a long time ago. Bitcoin was like what five hundred? Yeah, that was like episode sixteen. Jeez, it's like man. not the golden goose, it's the golden chicken. It's literally the golden goose, yeah. The good old days. Some things don't change. Like I was still just as passionate when the price was like two seventy four as I am now. Do y'all think uh people are going on LinkedIn to find people to buy chicken eggs from? <laughs> <laughs> I would. That's the first place I'd go. <laughs> Is that where you go to get your <laughs> local produce? <laughs> very, very first place I go. Uh um so I mean if we talk about Bitcoin, I argue for Bitcoin a lot about like the progression that it's making as a technology. But I know, Corey, you disagree with me. But, um, you know, Lightning is getting an upgrade soon, and you're gonna be able to fund like external wallets that aren't on the Lightning network from the Lightning network. I don't even know. Maybe. How to begin. I don't even. What do you mean? Maybe that's what they say. They I don't. Have. I don't. And and sorry, in Bitcoin world, I don't believe anything until it's actually implemented in mainnet. I love the idea of the technologies that could make it into Bitcoin. Mm. I don't. No. I don't get excited about them like until is, they're in Bitcoin, like Taproot, and all of it. All of all of what's like uh, associated with Taproot is awesome, but I'm not excited about it because it's not in Bitcoin yet. And companies feel the same way you do after the whole ICO craze. If I'm yeah. doing a deal with a company, I can't I can't pitch them things they haven't launched yet. Or you can't do that anymore. anymore. It's just like cool. The technology's there. It's not proven. It's not there. No one's using it. So I reserve judgment. IBM I, made about four hundred million dollars selling people on that hyperledger bullshit. You wow. can't do that anymore. Wow. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> shit. I think about all the think about all of the market caps of all the ICOs during the boom, and the lack of products we still have. Like think about, like think about the company I work for, Status. Right? I'd say we are a like in my opinion, we're a very legitimate company trying to do a very legitimate thing. We're just now getting to the point of releasing version one of our application. And but why? It's, it's hard. Two. It's it's hard to find developers who can build these things. Mute. <laughs> so I'll take up his point. It's hard to find developers that can build these things, yes. And because it's hard to find devs, it's like your burn rate is just so slow because you got a smaller team and you can just develop so slowly. I don't know. It's I it's like I'm I bounce back and forth between your opinion, Cello, of like I'm I'm pissed off and I want things to be here now and like I'm 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 pissed and over into Corey's realm where it's like oh these things take time and nobody really knows what they're doing and we have to be patient with them so I don't know Jesse your opinion matters too 
what do you think about like if you had to like give your opinion on the general state of cryptocurrency right now what's your sentiment i think we're moving towards mass adoption slowly baby steps though and it may not be bitcoin it'll be like some conglomerate of all the different specific blockchains and i think bitcoin is just going to become one of them will there be one chain to rule them all no i don't think so or do you think it'll be more like like captain planet like you know (laughs) some earth wind fire heart we're the planeteers you can be one too and saving (laughs) our planet is the thing to do i love that fucking song that song jams well, anyway, what I was saying before my dogs rudely interrupted me. Yeah. Um, it's hard. And the ICO funding model. So she said. <laughs> hope she followed up with this. Uh, the ICO funding model does not do a good job of helping um, a lot of developers build products. It gives them a shitload of money up front immediately with no real roadmap to, to uh, deliver that thing. Mm. Should should companies pay in crypto? Does that encourage people to build, or does it deter people away? Uh, if they had small business services, it'd be great. If there was a way to count and keep track of the things you're doing as a business paying in crypto, that'd be fantastic. If status changed their whole business model to pay out 100% in status, would half the employees leave? You think? I'd have a hard time staying. Because I'm a U.S. citizen, and then I get I have to pay capital gains on that. If they paid me thirty percent more than what I make now, then I'd do it. Do you, do you feel like your colleagues would feel the same way you do? Um, a lot of them, yes. Would. A lot of them, yes. That's pretty cool. Uh, How much do you think they're paying Marcus and Libra? How much do you think they would pay Marcus and Libra? Three hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, in Libra. And Libra. Yeah. Easy. That's it? Well, I mean, that's a pretty... It might be more than that. Based on based on, based on on the position and what he's trying to accomplish, it could be much more than that. It could be upwards of seven, I'd say. Seven to a million. Hmm. What's he, a CTO? That seems more reasonable. He's leading CTO. Libra. Yeah. Oh, but Libra was the subsidiary of... It's a subsidiary. Sorry, Calibra. It's a subsidiary of Facebook Messenger. Right, that, this is a peel off from the Facebook Messenger team, which is a different team than the Facebook team. But anyways, I don't know why I know so much about this. Um, I guess mass adoption is there. That my my pops buys it. You know, almost everyone in my family owns some now. It's taken them six years and five digit percentage gains to understand that I might know what I'm talking about, but. Yeah, I think I think we wanted Bitcoin to be a viral tweet. You know, it's following mass adoption, but it's going at the baby step snail space when people want this to be a revolution. So I think that's where people get kind of disappointed. Yeah, we're always going to be a step in the right direction because if you tell a secret to somebody, they're going to tell it to two people, and two people will tell it to four people. That's normal. But there's nothing revolutionary about the pace of of Bitcoin's adoption. I don't think. It's yeah. still cool. I'm still here, but I wish it was adopted a little quicker. Yeah. I wish it was a bit more lightning buzzy too, because the longer you're in this and you see these cycles over and over again, you get so like, man. But 
Yeah, I don't. I don't want people to be like Bitcoin. I I heard something about that like in 2013. Damn, that thing's still around. Yeah, that's the like, last response <laughs> I. What do you say to the dude Cello in like 2025 who rolls up on you and he's like Bitcoin? Didn't that die? Will you just yeah. slap him like that Batman meme? <laughs> like shut the. Where yeah. have you been? Where do you yeah. live? Um. Yeah, that's the last thing I want. I think it was the Trump tweet was exciting. That was last week, right? Yeah. Man, oh, it yeah. hurts me inside. Oh, it hurts me inside. But I guess it's like, here we are. The president yeah. is, who is Donald Trump, is tweeting about how Bitcoin isn't a currency because he's an idiot. Yeah. I've been getting in Trump arguments several times throughout this week in our Slack. Oh, man. I'm not he only has like 25 million Twitter followers, though. Yeah. We're not. We can't go there. We can't. That's a rabbit hole for me. We gotta avoid the topic. He can't. He can't handle himself. Yeah. It's like that. Was it in Roger Rabbit when they're singing that song and he's in that back room and it's like I don't know what Roger Rabbit you watched. Wait a second, Roger. Oh, Rabbit, Roger okay. Rabbit. When yeah. he did the, you know, snake in a haircut and then he busts out of the wall and he's anyways obscure reference. I don't know what is there anything in crypto that happened this week that kind of you guys? Uh, Augur released version two. Augur, ooh, Augur's yeah. dangerous. Though. Is it is it actually easier to use now? Uh, they promised it, it, it improves on many things from version one, so that's headed in the right direction. I actually have a shit ton of rep coin from our boy T Swish nope. baby. Oh wait, oh. I do not have a shit ton of rip coin. You still you hold on to it? Good for you. Well, I held on to it at a sheer didn't know what the fuck to do with it because I'm not launching any rep. I'm not launching any markets. I don't have the time for that. Those kind of shenanigans. But it's on Tony, Coinbase though, isn't it? You can sell it. Well, Tony Swish was the one that that got me into Ethereum. He was selling me hard back when all we were doing is is, is talking about Bitcoin. And then he showed me Ethereum, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. I actually owned an enormous amount of them, but then sold them way too early. Um, I hate that, but I did that. You know, I'm going to probably get them on and hash it out. A lot of these changes are things I would like to touch, discuss. Augur? Yeah, it's I'm reading their, their change log. Augur's too scary for me. Honestly, that's why I just hold on to it, because I know it's going to be powerful, but like prediction markets are scary. I think that's why they're illegal. So, but anyways, um, just not so much. I remember looking back, trying to put myself in like the viewpoint I was at when these things were launching and how like we, everything was revolutionary. Everything was going to be a game changer. Mm -hmm. Here we are just a few years later. We're like, okay, cool. They launched something and they've been out on mainnet for a long time, but do they have that like Entry level adoption we thought they'd have, where like you, like if you just click on a news source and then see percentages based on what the current markets were saying about that particular event. No, yeah. could it end up being that way? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and another thing, a testament to your point, Charles. Like they, they suck ass at marketing to have something that's as full tilt working like they wanted to as they do. And they aren't really trying at all to tell anyone what's going on. Like Jesse, would you use August? Yeah, like 
I'm I'm hyped about the new Terminator movie because they just cast Edward Furlong back into it. So the movie's not out yet, but they're marketing it. Word? It's not that hard. Edward it, Furlong is a uh, was he the original? Uh... He's the original John Connor that had a drug oh, problem. Shit, word. So see now you're excited. <laughs> it's not that it's not that hard to market something that that hasn't been out yet, but nobody wants to do it, and it's so easy. I actually kind of want to see that a lot now. So. Yeah, me too. I mean, they're they're marketing the Dune up, the yep. new Dune. I'm, I'm pumped about that. In fact, Hans Zimmer uh, isn't working with Christopher Nolan because he couldn't pass up the chance to work with Dune. Now I want to wow. see Dune. Wow. Yeah, so it is kind of easy to just talk about what you do as you're doing it. Shit. I don't know. It, no, it depends on the audience, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of pretexts and previous feelings about a lot of those things that if the right thing is mentioned, you automatically want to do it. In this space, that's really hard to do um, because like like a, a, you have to talk about certain people. So like in certain circumstances, if various people do something, I'm probably going to think it's okay. But there's not that many people because the space is really small. And then you'll have like the opposite of that situation where you have the people who have become famous um, end up going and doing different things. And the thing that got them famous ends up sucking or like not getting as much fanfare as it used to. Look at Augur. Yeah. Like Joey Krug got famous doing Augur. And now what does he do? Like not Augur or maybe Augur. I don't know. But like people who got rich during the ICO boom went on to go like build funds in VC or become influencers in some way, shape or form. And they're no longer like just doing the job they set out to do. Spank chain sucks because Amin does a bunch of other shit other than spank chain now. Like it doesn't really? suck. I don't know what's going on with it. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. He doesn't talk about it anymore. I Dude, I actually brought this up on one of our shows a long time ago. That a, a, a reason why kind of crypto is kind of stuck sucks because or, or why it's in this perpetual state like this whirlpool because um, its biggest fans are developers. But man, have I ever met a crew of people that are that have a low attention span? And it is <laughs> devs, dude, like they like to jump from project to project to work on all these different things and quote unquote solve the next coolest problem. But that's not how you like build something up. You build something up by sticking with it for a very long time and continuously improving upon it. So like, if you maybe just... that's why they say Bitcoin's stagnation is a feature, not a bug. Well, if you look at Spank Chain, we don't know what's going on with him because he's not running around with porn stars and bathrobes. Bitcoin, whose whose job is it to yell from the mountaintops about Bitcoin? There's no centralized authority, so it's up to us. Yeah. That's yeah. why it's so hard to figure out. Where where are we in the mass adoption scale? So one, we need to talk. How are you judging it? Uh, How are you judging adoption personally, Cello? Are you just looking at market cap? Uh, I mean that's that's the that's the low hanging fruit. It's like the only way I can really monitor it. Because like, what if you look at content creation surrounding like cryptocurrency? Like mm. at large, it was at all, all time high with the ICO, but all that was vaporware and scams. So I can't I really mean, go by that either. Only like a few months ago, what there's like this YouTube channel, Bitcoin and Friends, launching like a little cartoon about Bitcoin. Like mm. somebody posted that in the Slack, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, Bitcoin uh, and Friends is pretty funny. 
that's Charlie Lee and um, Samson Mao, I think. Samson Mao and another guy, because what else do you do when you sell Litecoin at the absolute high and you're sitting on just more money <laughs> yeah. than you could you could wipe your ass with hundred dollar bills? You, what you do is you buy a bunch of sports. Like look, you have, you have NFL. Um, you're gonna have Litecoin like right beside the NFL logo. UFC. He already did it for UFC. He's been doing it for UFC. Charlie Lee is buying up celebrities or like sports celebrities. He's a very smart man. And so he's getting the name of Litecoin out there where people who go and go in droves to see these things see it. And he has such that calm. What's the word I'm looking for? Like calm demeanor. uh, Yeah. Like he just knows his shit's going to work. Like that's what I appreciate the most about Charlie. He's like, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin, Litecoin's pretty simple. It's just Bitcoin. I divided by four. So why wouldn't it work? And it's like, wait, wait a second. Why wouldn't it work? And then, but you you can't rely on <laughs> you can't rely on spokespeople either. If you look at Michael Bisping, he's not promoting Timmy Coin. Chael Sonnen isn't promoting Dash. Rory McDonald isn't promoting. You know what I'm saying? Those are just fair weather spokespeople. But if yeah. you have your logo on the mat for an event, that's that's immortal. Yeah. That's so I, I think he's yeah. So I think he's he was smart about it in that regards. Wait, is Litecoin really on the mat in UFC? Yes. Damn. Yeah. So maybe adoption is just happening, but it's we thought it would look a certain way, and it's not looking. Well, I think we wanted it. We wanted it to be different than what it is. It's just like it's it's taking the same route of appropriate advertising, not like making drastic shifts in the in the psyche of humans and how they deal with value transfer. Yeah, that's going to come much later. Little B putting barbecue chips in the blockchain is not adoption. <laughs> or not little funny B. as hell though. Little boozy, sorry. Little boozy. Little boozy. The other little boozy B. barbecue got the boozy juice, baby. Got the boozy shoes. Got the boozy chips. Hey, he actually did it. I'll commend him for that. It's just not on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah. Like he thought it'd be. In two words or less, can you describe blockchain? Say decentralization. Jesse, if I if I if I could I wish that I could like show the like emphasis his manager was trying to get him to say certain words when we asked him that question yeah we're we're well i was telling jesse like you know we had ufc fighters we had platinum rappers there to the person outside looking in that might look like adoption but if nobody knows what the hell is going on i think michael bisbing was just trying to get rich off a booming uh early adoption type industry he got paid paid, but he was very transparent on his podcast he goes I don't know what the hell a health coin does or what they do or, you know, yeah. a little boozy. You didn't know what the hell was going on. That's not adoption. You know what I'm saying? For me, that's not adoption. That was weird. The same reason why we passed up those interviews with like pot coin and shit. Yeah. Like I passed up an interview with a game because that shit was really, really yeah. sketch. He didn't want to do a little boozy. He told, he told me like five times, dude, let's go right now. Yeah. Nah, that was hilarious. <laughs> well, the thing Dude, no, we did we did Mamir blockchain like that the, like the Mamir solutions before um, doing that, and it was like an incredibly technical interview. We talked about like kind of like how to incentivize people to run nodes and like this, and then and then Bill Boozy and his it, on fucking entourage walk up to like come to the next one, and he the dude looked at me and he goes, "Can I?" Can I stay for this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but me and you got to walk away a little bit. They don't want to talk to us. Like, 
he just like sat there and is like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. Well, should we cut to the interview? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, that's a good segue into the interview is a little boosty story. <laughs> so we we actually had on a guy named Bitcoin Zay, and uh, he runs a gentleman of crypto. And it is a daily podcast, Monday through Friday. Uh, type in Gentlemen of Crypto in your web browser and you can find it. Oh, that's another thing I noticed is that people start, people are getting so lazy now. They're just saying search thing on Google on TV advertisements. It's awesome. I was like, yeah, don't go to www. Just, just type it in a search bar, man. I was like, I was watching something on CNN and then the advertisement was for medicine, some sort of medicine. And I'm assuming they're talking to the elderly, like, and it said, if you want to find this online, search this. And I was like, damn, they have paid a lot of money to get on that first page. Damn. But anyways, um, here is the interview. Uh, Bitcoin Zay. Here it is. Hello, everybody. Uh, we, we got another interview for you this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the last uh, this week we have another a guest that has, has, has been into has been uh, a somewhat of a journalist I guess you could say uh, he has a podcast himself on Bitcoin but but we're here to talk about his book so we're we're here with the author of Bitcoin and Black America Isaiah Jackson uh, you might know him on Twitter as Bitcoin Zay so so how you doing man welcome back to the show oh yeah glad to be back glad to speaking with you fellas about the book and uh yeah glad to see the things you're doing in space as well love this podcast talking about. Oh, yeah. so um well, shit, I mean, let's I think just, it's been... let's just get into it let's get into it yeah what yeah, is let's... what is the purpose of writing bitcoin black america bitcoin or black america oh yeah well um the purpose right now is uh it's a solution-based book basically as a wake-up call to uh people in, in my community black people because uh, demographically not really represented in the Bitcoin space and Bitcoin's for everybody. So I uh, just want to make sure that my community is reached out to them. And uh, the best part about it is a lot of the solutions can be used across the board. Uh, however, I'm only familiar with my community. So I targeted uh, the black community and talk about Bitcoin, blockchain technology, how it can impact in the future. So definitely wanted to put this book out just to make sure that the awareness is there kind of get rid of the excuses and can hear it from a person who uses it, not the media. Most people's stuff is coming straight from mainstream media. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like who's, who's that's like, give me your audience. Like what, if someone picked up your book and read it, what were, what, who do you think that person is? And then what do they walk away from that book now understanding? Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who is interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, this book is for you. Uh, ages, 16 on up uh, will be able to understand the, the language. Also, uh, any any community that has been suppressed economically in America and abroad would like the book because there is a solution to the way the banking system has treated you know uh, certain communities. So any anybody uh, that crosses over those two communities, as well as investment, uh, bankers, uh, people who want to learn about the industry uh, from the viewpoint of somebody who's using it. And like I said before, not, you know, what mainstream media is that that's what this book is for that's who will pick this book up will find it interesting and some of the solutions like i said they would love to, to see exactly how this can be used in the future and not just uh you know projections from people on tv who don't really have anything to do with the space nice 
So I let's dive into that. Okay. Um there be some there be some objection objections even in the crypto crowd. Like where is this economic suppression? How did it come about? Why does it have to be directly targeted towards that? But what are some examples of how that's happened and how Bitcoin can kind of mm-hmm. counteract that? Oh yeah. And how especially the you know the black community can grab a hold because you know uh, we share blackness and mm-hmm. I talk to my community as well, <laughs> and it's it's not um, it's not well accepted. Oh yeah, and I, mean, I think we discussed last time, Dimitri, how. A lot of times in black community finances, it's taboo to even bring up in the household. I never discussed it with my parents. It just wasn't a thing. Uh, so I'm trying to break that taboo for one. Uh, but also, too, uh, the backlash or pushback from a lot of people, they usually are one of two things. They either don't know the history of the banking system, which has been racist in nature, which I have an entire chapter dedicated to it for anybody who needs to catch up. Um, and one of the other reasons is they don't know economics. They don't understand that inflation has slowly taking the middle class out of America. Uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but uh, you know, in the black community, wages have stayed stagnant since the 60s uh, you know, due to inflation. So even though people are seeing more prominent or making more money, you're also spending more money, your dollar's worth less. And Bitcoin offers a solution to do the opposite, right? Uh, over time, the value of your money increases and there is no uh, human interaction uh, that stops you from being able to use Bitcoin. We finally have a way to interact with the economic system without having to go through any sort of human error, so to say, because humans are going to do what humans are going to do. It's, it's out there. People, uh, you know, we've had redlining uh, of communities where black people had to live in certain areas. We've had uh, banking practices with loans uh, where they've been sued. And one of the key things in the book I, I put, all of my examples are within the last five years. Because uh, a lot of people, when they think of it, they're like, oh, you know, Jim Crow is over, slavery is over. That stuff doesn't matter. But no, I use examples from these banks of where they got sued and they actually paid and had civil suits from 2015 up to now. So it's not like it's some yeah. you know, ancient thing. This is very recent. And it goes under the radar because the same people who give you your media also give you your money. So they're not going to let that come out. You might get a 24-hour cycle, but it's not It's not a big deal. Uh, I mean, J.P. Morgan got caught with a billion dollars worth of cocaine and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> they, they control the media. It's, it's not yeah. That. that shit got swept under the rug so fast. So fast, man. Somebody got fired. That's so, true. Real quick. Cool. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And, and see, I just, I just want to <laughs> that correlation. And the reason I, I keep bringing up the media is a lot of times uh, in the black community, we feel misrepresented in the media. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times we're, we're represented as something that we're not. And I think Bitcoin has been done the same over its 10 year history. It's been represented as a scam and Ponzi scheme It's for criminals, illicit activities. Uh, it's whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you know really what's going on, uh, you have an appreciation for that technology and people who have appreciation that for that should have appreciation for the black community. How do you, how do you break that? How do you break that cycle? Because you said earlier when you first started that, that, like it's like finances are taboo in the black community. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and D has told me this before. You just, you just said it again. Why is mm-hmm. that an issue? And then how do you break that issue in terms of like having to start these conversations to get people educated? Cause people aren't going to adopt it unless oh, they yeah. learn about it. But if you can't talk yeah. about it, then they can't learn. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, I started my first startup, KRB digital assets group doing consulting and education, trying to help people learn about it before they can dive right in. But to make it not taboo in our community, it will take time. I will say that. But I think Bitcoin helps because it's a 
it's a new money system. So it's not, we're not talking about money in the way that it was used before. We're talking about something that can we can build for the future. So I think you can break that taboo just by basically introducing the idea and then using some of the examples I have in the book to explain why it should be important to you. I think people will discuss it more. Uh, and I think it'll be less about talking about Bitcoin as a money system, but more of a way to change how business is done. I don't think it'll be taboo as much anymore. It's too much social media. Uh, it's too many, you know, our generation is less, you know, Millennials don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we, really are like, we, we got shit coins in the Senate. They said the word shit coins in the Senate. Like, we don't give, we don't give a fuck anymore. Like, it's, it's over. So I think it'll be a lot easier to communicate with people and people getting it out there. Yeah, and I think people are waking, it, waking up slowly uh, to how the financial system works. I haven't met anybody who likes their bank. I know I like people who I know people who like money, but most people are just like, ah, I, I can't stand banks. So once the next step is pretty established, which is you know cryptocurrency, Bitcoin world, uh, should be should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. And you know I don't know why it's taboo. I think you're right though. The younger the younger you are, the more you don't care about the taboo. You know, I, I, I'm abrasive when I bring this kind of stuff to my parents now. And I basically forced them to start investing in Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. I was like, look, <laughs> open up your bank account. You have to go to this <laughs> website, entire family. Link it. Part, yeah. yeah. And I'm just really abrasive about it, which, you know, it's a dual edged sword because now I'm the epicenter of all things crypto. And I'm, I guess I'm the CEO of Bitcoin in my yeah. whole family. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, that's, you just got to be. That's all to point. answer your question, Corey, it's like a generational slash cultural thing. Yeah. And to go with him, he said the exact same thing. So is there any like specific advice in this book to to people riding around our age group that are trying to, um, you know, just open the dialogue with their friends and their family about cryptocurrency? Uh, well, let's stick to Bitcoin about Bitcoin. Like you give advice to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, in this book, one of the best things you'll find is the entire chapter. Uh, it's called the 21st century economy, but it outlines every part of how you can impact or have impact in the Bitcoin community. Uh, so it talks about business owners, how you can accept Bitcoin uh, for payments, how you can implement blockchain technology into your business. It talks about uh, regular day to day consumers, how you can request it at different places, uh, how you can actually use uh, stuff like Lolly, uh, FoldApp. Uh, different applications you can use to actually keep the keep Bitcoin circulating. It gives complete solutions. Like I said, this is a solutions-based book, and it's not really. It doesn't harp much on you know what's been wrong or what's been done to Black people. It literally goes straight into solutions. I believe we've had enough discussion, and I think we should focus on solutions. So yes, it are, there are definitely exact things you can do, uh, even on down to children. It uh, it discusses mm -hmm. uh, college kids, high school students, how they can use it. Um, you know, one of the examples I use is, you know, and you'll read about more is college kids should be doing the most mining right now because they have basically free electricity in dorms. After you pay tuition, you don't have a light bill. Uh, you can <laughs> have a whole dorm full of mining. Yeah, be careful. If yeah, they get caught, they get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah <no. laughs> well, I've, I've actually discussed with colleges because of uh, Sacramento Kings. I don't know if you heard, but they, they have a mining operation they have. You can actually just talk with the school and have it going and it'll actually benefit the school. And one of the schools I've talked to about it, my alma mater, NC State, they were actually open to the idea. Now, 2014, when I presented it to them, that was not the case. <laughs> they thought it was some 
you know, scam, illicit thing. But I mean, it's just an example of a way to get involved in the community, as well as different ways that uh, that people who have businesses can accept it and use it in their day to day. So accountants, you know, professionals who are accountants moving into the blockchain world, engineers, even on down to people who work for banks. There's examples of people who have left prominent banks to work in the blockchain and Bitcoin field, uh, which has turned a, a lot of people's uh, perception because they're like, well, people are leaving Goldman Sachs. People are leaving JP Morgan. Uh, yeah, this might be a very prominent way to to gain in the future. So a lot of solutions in there. And I'm interested to hear some from other people as well. After they read it, it might spark a new idea. Uh, I'm sure there'll be somebody that has some great stuff. Yeah, I really is just trying to grease that that lane to get people into Bitcoin, like, you know, interested in it. And this, I see that as like, this is a great opportunity, um, you know, for anyone, like you said, it's for anyone, but for black America, especially like, I think we get like, there's a lot of noise thrown at us sometimes Yeah. between what's the latest dance craze (laughs) and who's getting traded to who to just focus on some other things, things that are just kind of important. And there's a lot of noise thrown at our community. And it's good that you're trying to put in, put at least a new signal out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. One of the things, the one things I like about a lot of this is something D you you've been talking about since I've ever known you, and that's a trend that you've been trying to break. um, That you felt, I think, in your family, and that is like uh, building generational wealth. Mm. And and Bitcoin is something that like I think gives people the right mentality to start thinking like that and Mm -hmm. thinking about how they can build something they can pass down uh, to their to their family over time. And that's not something I like. like, At least from what you said to me, that's not something that people think about much. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I agree completely. And I think generational wealth is, you know, it's been thrown around a lot in our community, but how? And I think some of the solutions people come up with, real estate, gold, some of these solutions, they're okay. But the growth that has come from Bitcoin has far surpassed any other asset. So uh, I want to introduce that into the conversation because it's it hasn't really, you know, some you have people like me and Dimitri Lone Wolves out here kind of just yelling from the mountaintop, but it should be a part of our <laughs> It should be a part of our everyday discussion. Like it should be something that, yeah, yeah, we're definitely looking to change the way we do business, especially uh, you know how things have been done before. So yeah, you, you are correct. And with generational wealth, being able to own a part of potentially something that will back countries at some point is definitely good to have. It's like having you know downtown real estate in New York in the '40s. If if you have it today, yeah, you know your, your grandkids can move into a million dollar brownstone for free. So. It's the same thing with Bitcoin from that standpoint of scarce asset. So, yes, general wealth is something I, I talk about in the book as well. It's 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 pivotal. It's very important. Have you so have you found have you found that when you're having conversations with people in person, like I'm sure you've done, done a few stops. I think you're on a book tour, right? Uh, you... We all start next Wednesday yep, in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Oh, it starts next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been, oh, I've been damn. Doing... I've been doing local promo interviews and uh, I'll be coming to the East coast at the end of the month. Oh, I was hoping we would catch you in the middle of it. I didn't pay attention because I wanted to know like what's people's general fear when you talk about it in, in, in public. Cause you can always sense like what someone's <laughs> fear is through the questions that they're asking you. Oh yeah. You know, I, was, I was just curious, but since you haven't gone on that yet, maybe we have you back on after the tour oh, so we can well, get some just just from consulting, I will say I've had questions over the years, pretty much the same stuff. And I use it sort of like a Q&A guides, you know, stuff that I, the same questions I get. The biggest fear I've seen so far is 
uh, the price. Like people thought Bitcoin died. I've literally heard the sentence. I thought Bitcoin died from so many people this year. Um, and that that usually doesn't come from their own research. Like I said before, it's media. Media made it seem like Bitcoin went up, you know, lost value and it's over. The party's over. It was a bubble. Bitcoin's not going anywhere. When mm-hmm. we all we all know that's not the case. We all know this is long term. This is it's way bigger than just the price. But a lot of people are like, well, am I going to lose all my money if I put it in? And a lot of times I'm telling people, look, it's it's bigger than that. But if you look at it, at it as an investment, I haven't met anybody that's lost money if they've stayed in longer than three years. So you should be thinking in three to five or longer term investment terms anyway. So I usually can get people over with that. But that's the biggest thing. They look at that price and they think that also to security it, that comes up. Like, can I get hacked? Can Bitcoin get hacked? And I'm like, no, no, no. Bitcoin hasn't been hacked. Uh, people's wallets have been hacked. There are people who have been hacked, but not Bitcoin. So when those questions come up, I've done a pretty good job with you just dealing with them. I'm sure on this book tour, I'll get some crazy ones. I can't wait to share them with you, with <laughs> with you all. But that will be uh, that will be fun to see what what people come up with. Definitely, man. Record that process and just see like what is the oh, fear yeah. that people have. Oh, yeah. um, a follow up to that: How are you and I? This is a personal task of ours going to get a famous rapper to co-op this shit so we can, so we, (laughs) we got got so close. We got so close once. Out here in LA, I have a friend who has a studio. He's manager for some big names and I'm working on it now. He's, he's got some people that are interested and I actually have to meet up with him uh, next weekend. But yeah, I'm trying to get at least one rapper to, do it with me, not just say it. Because I've seen Future tweeted, Soldier Boy had a Bitcoin song. Uh, oh, little, thing was it garbage. That was horrible. And that's what I said. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, can we get something? Can you try on this one? But yeah, it's, <laughs> I was, I, I've yeah. had a small petition on Twitter to try and get uh, Lil Nas X to make a Bitcoin song. And then come to find out, somebody made a parody of it uh, themselves, so of the Old Town Road song. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You got to get a real, real one though, Demetri. Who are you thinking? I mean, I I try to say Drake. It would be Drake. I think Corey. I don't know how many years ago that was when I was like imitating Drake singing and investing oh in God, Bitcoin. That was so long ago. I was like, I was like early, early Bitcoin days. baby. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I think it should be. Um, yeah, it's uh, man, it's it's funny hearing people mention Bitcoin, but yeah, we need a pure rapper that's like I'm on it for good. We need basically Russell Okun of rap to come out and be like, yeah, I'm I'm. Bitcoin all the way, but yeah, we'll see. I prefer more like the intellectual rappers like Common to come out with something that was yeah. like that made you think, mm-hmm. also nod yeah. your head. That would be that, that's what I want for, for yeah. the first like rap to come out because like you want it you want it to change the change the like what people are rapping about. You want people to kind of start talking about this new type of thinking in terms of stacking money and not just spending on stupid shit, right? Mm-hmm. You're not placating yeah. to. Uh, to to like be in something that you shouldn't be when you're when you're trying when you're talking about the, when you're talking about this technology and so how do you get rappers to start talking about that i mean don't be wrong everybody wants to sound good like i want i want a real rapper i don't want it to be garbage oh yeah i think Nas might fit that bill because he's he's deep in uh in a lot of startup investments and i believe oh yeah yeah. Well, yeah so Nas would be a good one Nas is the coin-based yeah. angel. You know yeah, that? Coin-based angel, yep. Yeah. How he's is he all... not? <laughs> if, he's, if he's a coin-based angel, what the mm-hmm. fuck is he doing now other than just sitting on a bunch of big pile of money? 
I mean, he's mm-hmm. a philosopher. He is. He's he is just sitting on a big pile of money. He he put out a song recently. It's kind of yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's he's chilling with the money. But nobody has said it explicitly. So I really want you know somebody to explicitly like champion the Bitcoin cause. That would be that would give it the I guess the kids call it clout that it needs in order to, uh, <laughs> to go forward. But it, I mean, you'd be you'd be uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of kids know about it. They just don't know exactly what it does, but they they can use it. I mean, I a I movie watching. about it. Like, was it was it dope? That was uh, dope. yep, dope. That was five years ago, four years ago, yeah. and that was already on yeah. there. Uh, let's see, what what was it? Euphoria, that new show that's out. They mentioned Bitcoin on there, um, and it's funny how they do it too. It's it's used for sex workers, so you know it's it's always you know something. Whenever they bring up Bitcoin, is it's used for something illicit or yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. still have that in the American mainstream. TV real, but you know, sooner or later somebody will come up with something. I met a guy who said he's making a Bitcoin movie, so hopefully his will be better. <laughs> so I saw um, <laughs> I saw a tweet uh, from you. I think it was a couple weeks ago, where you were saying your number one customer right now is is black women. Oh yeah. Um, why do you think that is? Other than, I mean, I have some. Uh, I have assumptions, but let me put my assumptions aside. And mm-hmm. what's been your communication and your feedback from them after they get your book? Oh, yeah. Well, over time, one, one thing I've noticed about men is when you want to teach something, most men aren't going, they're not going to say, yeah, I'll, you can teach me. They're just kind of like, well, just give me an outline. I'll figure it out myself. It's sort of like the old dad who can't fix anything, but he tries anyway. It's sort of like that with Bitcoin. As soon as you bring it up, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can figure it out, man. Yeah, just, just give me the, the outline. They'll go with it. Whereas women that I've uh, that I've consulted or helped over the years or read the book, it's more of an explanation. They're like, okay, break it down to me so I can get it. And then, of course, it's also that synergy with a lot of Black women becoming entrepreneurs. We have the biggest rise in Black women entrepreneurs in American history. And a lot of times when you're looking for something as an entrepreneur, you're always on the hunt for an edge. That is where a lot of the business comes from for uh, for learning about Bitcoin and, and accepting as payments and things of that nature. So. Uh, yes, that is that has been most of my customer base over the years, and it's good to see everybody who wants to be a part of it. But yep, black women, shout out to them. They they've been around, and a lot of black women in Atlanta, where I'll be going August third, have started uh, a lot of good projects and Bitcoin Embassy down there, and you know a lot of other things. So good to see. Mm-hmm. Black women are running this shit. Oh yeah, look at Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, you know, I mean, Aaron's running shit too. Running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Beyonce's running that Solange. Corey, let's flip it on you, man. You're the one. You're the minority in this conversation. Oh. What? Uh, <laughs> what's taboo in like? What's taboo in in the white people's world? Is money taboo for you guys, or you just like assume it's there? Uh, we never I don't had know. This. Maybe, I I'm not, this conversation maybe I'm not the best before. like scenario. Like we didn't talk about it. I knew my parents made a bunch of money, but I was relatively privileged. Like I, I, I lived a privileged life. I can't be a good like litmus test for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, looking back, I know my parents were shitty with money, but we never talked about it. But it wasn't necessarily taboo. I just True. didn't care because shit was good. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. She's going good. There's no reason to ask questions, especially as a kid. I mean, either by <laughs> I was going to soccer practice and going to school. Like that was like I was yeah. like I'd come home playing sixty four. That was life. True, true. So, yeah, yeah. 
And I'm trying to think. Oh like, my! How do you like? Go ahead. Like I, we, me and you have talked a lot about this type of stuff. Yeah, a and, lot, a lot. Like, how long do you see? Like, this could be an actual tool to help break a lot of those, those, those. I guess trends or like generational or, or cultural trends that you've you've experienced your whole life. Yeah. Uh, what happens if Bitcoin fails? I don't think it will, but like the people are scared to get into this, especially because like they throw some money into this and then they lose. If, and then if they start watching it, mm-hmm. it's really hard to hold on to something, especially when you're, you're taking someone's advice, you're doing something new, stepping out on a ledge, investing for the first time. Mm-hmm. This goes for anybody. And then they see a portion of that drop mm-hmm. for something that they don't quite understand. How do you how do you keep them to hold on and see like the light and like instill that idea of like like I guess like instill some trust in them that this is something worth holding on to despite maybe short term volatility? Oh yeah. Well I've definitely um you know throughout the book definitely described Bitcoin as a way of social change and protest. Um basically saying that if you want things to change, you have to basically get to the root of it, which is economic. So as you said, with the price, with the price decreasing and, and or if something happens like that, Bitcoin fails. One of the things I want people to realize is we have to try something new. Um, there has been nothing done before that has helped. Like I said before, wages have been stagnant since the 60s. And I think we have to try. And also, too, from a risk and reward standpoint, I always tell people uh, what's what's riskier, you know, buying a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin and losing it or not buying any Bitcoin at all. And it becomes the money reserve system of the world. And you have no generational wealth to show for it. And you heard about it, you know, dozens of times. So what's the bigger risk? So for a lot of people, they think, hmm, you know, what's a thousand, you know, 10 years from now, thousand dollars will not end your life or a hundred dollars or whatnot won't end your life. But you will contribute to a system that will help with social change. And at least mm-hmm. if it won't get rid of banks, it'll keep them honest. Because when people start, when people start openly going into banks and saying, man, Bitcoin is better than this shit. That's when well, that's going to be kids. That's going to be kids. Yeah, I have a banker that that laughs because I wear my Bitcoin hoodie in there every time I have to go in there and do whatever. But I, I, it's funny because every time something doesn't work, I'm like, man, Bitcoin's so much better than this shit. And they they laugh. But when 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 the regular everyday person starts saying that, and it it is easier, you know, Cash App has made it pretty seamless. I think that that's when people will see. Yes, the technology is great enough to fight for it, and the money aspect of it is going to come. So. Uh, like I said, even if Bitcoin fails, you got to try something. I mean, what? I mean, what more do you? What more can? What more evidence do you need that we need to try something different? Yeah. Like in my experience, it's, been, it's been real difficult to get people to invest in it. But if you can yeah. find a way to get people to earn it passively mm-hmm. with the shit they're already doing, then and then they get some in their in their pocket, and then they can turn that into something real. That's when they get sold. So how do you I get would, people to yeah. like? I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I say that all the time. I say the easiest way to get into the industry is not to buy it, it's to accept it for payments. People give it to you and then once you can see, you can accept it and then you can either convert it or you can keep some for yourself. You don't have to stop doing what you're doing. That's one of the biggest things I want to point out about this book is most of the solutions are based on small tweaks to your already everyday life. So you don't That's have what to, I'm talking about. You don't have to change your whole, you know, you know, routine and you know, make your kids do that. No, you do the same stuff, just small tweaks, you know, little things like uh, not. Yeah, I don't mention this in the book, but I, I tell most of my clients, like, not don't eat out for like two weeks and just buy some Bitcoin with that. Like, that's that's not a big life change. Actually, it's probably healthier for you. Eat at home. You know, what I mean, it's actually probably better. So I'm glad you said that because yeah. a lot of 
problems. You don't want to change how things are already going. Um, but a small tweaks and you can get into the industry and it helps the greater good. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I love that you said that because it's not a lot of behavior change. A lot of people think like if you change the way you do something, you've got to make massive changes. It's well, like, look at no, you. man. They look at you, you and they look at me because we're the ones espousing this stuff. And we've changed our lives drastically based on this technology, but I don't have to. Yeah. And guess what I do? Dollar cost average every single week. The price goes up. I'm like, dang, I guess I get less Bitcoin this week. Price goes down. I'm like, dang, I get more Bitcoin this week. Hell yeah. At the end of the day, I'm getting more Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. And it's, right. it's, it's kind of tough to to get people to understand one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. Uh, but basically, it's when you explain to people that you only get 21 million and you own a percentage of that. How big is your percentage that you own a Bitcoin? That's what you should be going for. How many Satoshis can you stack over time? The price isn't really going to matter because as as I, as you all probably believe and I do is, I think at some point in the future, Bitcoin is going to be so valuable, you're not going to want to get rid of it. So the USD, people, price, will, yeah, it won't really, it's I mean, value. people say a million dollars for a Bitcoin. At that point, I'm not, I'm never getting rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like <laughs> this is, this is enough to start a whole, you know, a small island. So I'm pretty good from from there, so yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, because at the point, go ahead, Corey. I was just saying, like, how do you? Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Shit, <laughs> I had it and I've just bluffed up my mic completely. I'd like to. Uh, I mean, I guess expound. I mean, Bitcoin is past that that point, man. It's it's been here for a decade. It's it's got a mature market for as far as markets. Ten years is a long time. Yeah. And what happened this week was monumental for me because what people saw was Congress arguing with Facebook. What I saw was a bunch of people that own a lot of crypto that have power in this nation arguing with Facebook because they own Bitcoin. Why the yeah. hell else would they be arguing for it? Boy, and those are Congress. Those are congressmen and women. Oh, and so yeah. if it's at the point now where our leaders own this stuff and are defending it, it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. Get as much of that 21 million as you can and sit back and relax. Stop. I like, I'll say that. And if it goes south, what are you going to do? Come fight me? I'm going to say here, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, there's not a lot of opportunities in this world where that's the scenario, where there's a scarce resource. It's Mm -hmm. still relatively unknown. And you can get your hands on on a good portion of it for a pretty good price and then sit back and wait for it to basically grow in value because more and more people learn about it. But the scarcity stays the same. Absolutely, and I, I I hate the fact that most people don't know the economic like importance of scarcity. But when you have an asset like you said that over time there is only a certain amount you can get, um, it should it should garner more attention and it should have more of like a you know people should be more amped up about it. like all right we need to do what we got to do. But people just don't see it that way. They you know they they have their lives, their actual activities, kids, families, a lot of stuff going on, but like you both said, you both changed drastically when you got to this industry because it changes your way of thinking. You start thinking about things different. You see the news different. Like you said, you saw the Senate hearing, Dimitri, and the first thing you thought was, these people must own Bitcoin. That's exactly what I said. I was like, oh, so we got some holders in here because they're, <laughs> they're fighting for us. I never yeah. thought that. I mean, Patrick, uh, what's his name? Patrick Mc, McPherson, I believe his name is. He's from North Carolina, actually. He, he basically went up there and said, hey, deal with it. Digital currency is here. Blockchain technology is here disagree with it uh you'll be on the wrong side of history type stuff so i'm like 
who are these people? Like, where, they, where did yeah. the world is this? And all that this telling happen? me is like, yeah. yeah. It's just telling me they got a big-ass pile of Bitcoin somewhere well, and they, well, and they mean theory. to protect it. Another theory, all these people in the Congress have kids who have Bitcoin. And they know if they clamp down hard, it's they their shit is going to mess up too. I think a lot of their kids have Bitcoin or have introduced them to it. Like Giancarlo from uh, the CFTC, he's like, he's like, yeah, my teenagers have crypto and Bitcoin. I'm like the the Bitcoin dad or some whatever he said. Yeah, yeah I think that's so what's, what's he thinking. He's thinking, I don't understand it, but I'm going to protect my kids' value. Yeah, I know that much over this or making up new laws to get them in trouble. <laughs> you know, so, so I, it's a crazy, yeah. it's a crazy train ride. Uh, this is crazy, man. Just seeing where it came from to now, yeah. This this in the hearing is hilarious. Trump. Are you, still, are you still doing your uh, podcast? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we, uh, the gentleman of crypto, still doing it uh, daily. Uh, we actually just got off a little while ago, Monday through Friday at three ish on the uh, Pacific, six p.m. Uh, Eastern. So, still doing the gentleman of crypto daily. We're up to episode four hundred and thirty-four now. So, still going strong daily. Yeah. Props to you. Oh yeah. Yeah, daily. man. How how are you hanging in there on a daily podcast? Like what? Yeah. Well. The best part I think about it is the people who watch are very loyal. Like we don't have, you know, a huge, huge following, but very, very loyal and everybody sticks. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these people, they've bought products over the years. They've seen us make predictions from three years ago, two years ago. And, you know, all these people, they, they support, you know, at different meetups. So that keeps me going. Um, just knowing that I've impacted a good group of people, um, what, Numbers are small, but that's fine with me. I'd rather have, you know, a few hundred dedicated people than thousands of people who can do whatever. So that's helped a lot. And, uh, you know, long term, I think our work as far as doing a daily show will it'll 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 show up some one day as yes, this is needed. We need to know about crypto daily because it changes every day. Literally, there's something new every day. Well, as we were talking about this before we even started the podcast. And it's like, how do you keep up? Right. That mm-hmm. this podcast has helped me tremendously in just keeping tabs on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the more people you talk to, the more you learn, the more you figure out, the more you get a better idea of the landscape of mm-hmm. what's happening now. And then like kind of like the the momentum of where things are going then make you better at what you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when the news comes out, it's almost too late. So pretty much have to, you know, when you're in this industry, you can figure it out. After you've done it for a while, same patterns, same food, same, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. That's where I get old now. It's just like, man, I've seen these cycles so many times now. I'm starting to feel like the old guy yelling a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. You know? on, Twitter, <laughs> like... on Twitter, it's funny. It's a thousand people uh, happy because we had a you know thousand dollar candle. And I'm just sitting here like, yeah, again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. I feel jaded. <laughs> I feel jaded a bit, but at the same time, the calmness I have, a lot of people in crypto wish they have it, had it like us. The calmness, because a lot of people are all over the place. Yeah, I'm like, if you're, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing X's. Yeah. It, I'm talking about this like 10 to 20% stuff. But if I'm not seeing X's, then I don't care. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> uh, we're, we're from the 10, 100 X days. <laughs> this, this 10% yeah. is, what is this? Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess we can wrap. Uh, what, what would be some... Um, you know, pardon words you'd say to the audience listening now as to why they should go pick up Bitcoin in Black America mm-hmm. and 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 where they can find it, you know? Absolutely. Uh, well, yes, Bitcoin in Black America is available on Amazon for Kindle and paperback. 
audiobook will be coming soon. Uh, Bitcoin Black America discusses a myriad of topics in the Black community, as well as other communities uh, who have been economically disadvantaged, and it shows how Bitcoin can help. Um, so go ahead and pick that up now. And for people who are interested in Bitcoin and blockchain technology by itself, it also defines how to get into the industry, all of those things. So it's pretty pretty good across the board of explaining and keeping it at a, uh, a lower level of explanation. So pick up that book. It's on Amazon. Uh, if you want to join the affiliate program, which I just introduced today, you guys are the first to hear about it. I uh, just introduced the affiliate program where you can actually earn 20% on each book you help get sold. So if you have family members uh, who want to purchase it, you know, if you have a group, economic group, and you want to purchase in bulk, you can do that and actually earn some money back from it. So everybody can get involved. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great book uh, for people to read. Light read, 175 pages. I can't wait for you all to read it. I'm going to pick one up. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, man. And please come back after your tour and let us know. Oh, yeah. I'm trying some funny. Like, what are they? <laughs> yeah, what are they? I want to hear those stories. There? Oh, yeah, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Bitcoin Zay. Uh, he just finished a book and it is out. And he's starting a book tour next week or actually this week. Uh, and uh, it is called Bitcoin in and Black America. So uh, if you are interested in a little bit about the history of the economic story of the black community and how Bitcoin can aid in changing the, the course correction of that, you should get that book. Are um, you going to are you going to buy it? I am going to buy it. I feel like it should have just been called America, because then he alienated half his audience already. Well, he actually alienated 87% of his audience, but um, <laughs> well, what, we make up 13% of the population, so that's... I was, I was being generous, but yeah. Oh, a little bit too damn generous. <laughs> hey, man, but that, that 13% is getting quite a bit of purchasing power over the last 30 years. Like, if I made a book called, like, Bitcoin for Sheiks, like, you know, I would probably, it would probably wouldn't be on the number one bestsellers list. Uh, it's not being number one, but the Sheiks <laughs> might like it. <laughs> uh, well, good luck to you, Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin for people in automatic wheelchairs. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> well, that's pretty targeted. That's pretty. T- no, no, no. Um, it's it's a great book. It's definitely needed. He, we we talked about a lot of things that you know generally are taboo in the black community, and you know you don't have to be a part of the black community to own the book to know a little bit about American history, and you know how Bitcoin stands to change that direction. So, um, we're just gonna plug our stuff and bounce because it's been quite an episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed another week of the Bitcoin podcast to all of our patrons that subscribe to get this 24 to 48 hours earlier than the rest of everyone. We thank you so much. Um, we really do. Uh, there's a lot of goals that we have as a show and you guys are helping us get there very slow. So if you're not a patron, please become one. Go to patreon.com Bitcoin podcast network and pledge money. Pledge your allegiance. Um, that was creepy. Um, Jesse, did you guys actually send out the flaming hot Cheeto bags? We purchased the flaming hot Cheeto bags. Sending out is a different story. There are three family size bags of flaming hot Cheetos sitting in my girlfriend's apartment right now. I keep forgetting <laughs> to send them out because 
reasons, but they are there. Got it. Uh, we should get some boozy chips. So get some boozy chips and some boozy juice, and then eat <laughs> eat them and tweet them. Um, <laughs> Jesse, why don't you plug your experiment, man? This is the time to get the people going. All right. So everybody, uh, people who know in Slack or that are in the hashtag random channel, I've been secretly working away in my secret laboratory on a secret pre-workout gummy that I have yet to release. Um, I'm taking pre-market surveys from people that are in Slack just to gauge how much of this I have to produce. Um, I'm going through the final stages of packaging and the logistics of shipping it to everybody um that survey does help me figure out how much you guys will um, have to cover in shipping costs you know from you know one end of the country to another end i hope you guys don't live in a different country because i cannot take those orders um, shipping to a different country is going to be a whole new problem so maybe at one point it'll scale to that but right now just uh the product is going to be $30 for a jar of pre-workout gummies. Wait, you're there? What? Like, you're to the point where it's a product? Like, I thought this was yeah. still, like, an ongoing... Okay, wow, keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, the launch, launch date is going to be August 8th. That's the... It's a, it's <laughs> like a... It's like a somewhere in between hard and medium soft date. But, yeah. Yeah. Try and Can get we this be completed. And then... I mean, potentially further down the line, once we get the first few batches out and I get everybody's customer reviews and it's it's all green. Wow. Everybody likes it then. Yeah, um, I want to I want to take into uh, into account the fact that I'm getting a lot of requests for this custom shape of gummy bears with abs. So I'll have to consider having like a custom silicon mold made. And then, yeah, hopefully in one of the later batches, we'll push that out. Gummy bears with abs. But yeah, the flavor right now is called Raspberry Bitch. And <laughs> 10 servings of a lot of shit. So if you join Slack, I can post more information. You guys can ping me about it. But everything's pretty much done. The labeling's done. The nutrition fla- uh, the nutritional facts or the supplement facts are already listed. So I can tell you a little bit about the ingredients and the dosages. They're all like effective dosages, so I'm not really skimping on anything there. I'm trying to make this whole process as transparent as possible. So, dude, yeah, if this you guys starts, are interested, man, let's go the fuck on Shark Tank. I will rep you. We will run <laughs> that shit. There is only one other competition for the same product, and they're shittier compared to what what I've made. So, oh, wow, yeah, well, it's pretty baller. Hmm. This that's exciting that, that we finally have something go from idea to reality in the Slack from the members of the Slack. A lot of talk goes on in there. We're still waiting on a trading parody show from someone in there. But <laughs> um until then you guys can watch your stegosaurus patterns on Bitstamp and not contribute to the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Um What else? So Thank you, Jesse. That is awesome. I think I hope it goes very good. And if you do an Indiegogo video, can I be in it? I don't know if because I was going to do Kickstarter, but you can't have energy food or energy supplements on there apparently. So I'll have mm. to look into Indiegogo and see if they have the um, same prohibited items list. Okay. Uh, you could always do Patreon, can't you? I don't know. 
I'll have to look into that. But the gummies are fucking delicious. Like everybody I try to like taste test them with, I hand them like a, a real gummy bear and they're like, yeah, it tastes like a real gummy bear. And then I hand them one of my pre-workout cubes and they're like, wow, this is like a million times better. And I'm like, mm. yeah, and it even has pre-workout in it. Mm. And uh, yeah, so like the first test batch, it's going to have uh it's going to be like a gusher. People OD on pre-workout, bro. Dude, it's going to be so great. <laughs> no, like the delivery method, like the way we're going to do this first te- test batch is going to be like a gusher. So like in addition to like the the cube actually being 125 milligrams of caffeine dissolved in it, it's going to actually have like a center that's like flavor filled caffeine and it's like an additional 200 milligrams. It's so fucking 325 awesome. Yeah, dude. Per cube, it's fucking awesome, and wow. all the other shit that's in it, it's amazing. They're amazing. They're I'm literally board, amazing. Man. I'm bought in. You can sell your shirts on our store. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. Well, what else do we do, Cello? We do some stuff. The network does stuff. Yeah, we have a book of our own. Uh, a lot of shows. We got a Patreon. But we have a donate page. So please show your love. Join the Slack. Show your love. The uh, we have people globally joining. Someone from Australia joined. Um, it's a good time. Chella, when we were growing up, did you think our voice would be heard in twenty-two time zones? <laughs> I did. You knew that when we were seven years old. <laughs> One day we're gonna be talking about random shit, and people in twenty-two time zones are gonna be hearing my voice. I bet Jesse uh, didn't think he was going to make gummies with abs. I did yeah. not. I did not think that that was going to happen. <laughs> you, you didn't grow up and think you'd be making <laughs> gummies with abs. I did uh, not. So if this does become a wild success, what's going to happen to your pre-med studies? I'm going to still do it. Wow. You're a different, you're, you're a different breed, Mr. Broke. A different I'll let breed. you manage it. How about that? You can I, manage it while I go to school. <laughs> At least you know you got the situation. Um, well, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to another uh, show, the Bitcoin Podcast, episode two sixty six. It's been it's been a good, big good one. Uh, go check out Bitcoin Zay's book by clicking the link in the show description. And hey, you kick back 20% if you buy that book through that link. So um, you can support the show that way as well and support Bitcoin's A because he is trying to get a good message out there. So, all right, man. Shout out to Zoe Saldana, Zassi Beats, and Carl Lewis. Peace.